0: Has the world been feeling a little overwhelming lately? Is it hard to figure out how to set boundaries and what to allow yourself to tune out? Today we're pausing from interviews and lists, do I say listicles? Maybe not listicles, (laughs) to work on giving permission for you to take a break from media, from distractions, from everything going on in the world to set limits, to cushion yourself and create an oasis from what might be keeping you in a high alert, high threat state. If you've ever felt like you want a permission slip to turn off everything else, you'll want to listen to today's Baggage Check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. Incidentally, it's also not a show about the decision-making behind the new Major League Baseball pitch clock. So let's get to it. It's been a pretty intense week in the news. And the odd thing is, no matter when you're listening to this, even if you're listening to this a year after it first came out, that probably holds true. I feel like for the past few years, there's been such an onslaught of world events and especially events in the United States where we could really just say, yeah, it's been intense. It's been something, huh? This week in particular, as I'm writing this, has been particularly heartbreaking as we've had another school shooting. And there's so much we could say on that. There's so much that I do say on that. You might have seen some of my segments on various media about that. But ironically, even though, yes, I go on those news stations, today what I'm talking to you personally about is how to turn that stuff off. Yeah, the TV networks don't take kindly to me going on and saying, well, the key to mental health is to actually turn off this program. But I can say it here. And to be clear, part of what we'll talk about today is the difference between completely sticking your head in the sand and not bearing witness and not staying informed and not staying engaged versus being so overwhelmed and bombarding yourself over and over and over again with what's out there to the way that it really beats you down. And it means that you don't have anything left to give the world. I am all for staying informed And obviously, I believe in being part of that. I am very honored to be a frequent contributor to CNN, for instance. However, I also have been talking with a lot of clients this week about how to set limits when the world feels so dark and so hopeless. And how do we not stay up until 2 a.m., wondering what exactly the percentages are that AI is going to kill us in the next 30 years? or thinking about the climate, or thinking about the fact that this latest school shooting is somehow going to be used as ammunition, probably to increase discrimination against certain people. It's awful, awful stuff. So I wanted to start with thinking about when can we give ourselves permission to just turn it off? To tune it out, what limits do we have a right to set for ourselves? Well, we have every right to set whatever limit feels right. So that's where we are today. I didn't make a list or a listicle, which really sounds gross, honestly. Listicle. I thought maybe I would just speak from the heart. And speaking of the heart, I think that's what starts hurting for people the metaphorical heart. But of course, the metaphorical heart can cause real chest pain. Emotional pain can often cause physical symptoms, and I think that's what people are feeling now. When tragedy strikes, you feel it in your bones. Our bodies react. They absorb it. And I've been having some really interesting conversations with people about whether or not our bodies were really made for this I am not an evolutionary biologist, but I certainly love the science of evolutionary adaptations and prepared learning and brain changes over time. There are so many ways in our current environment that we are out of sync with what our bodies and minds and hearts were designed to deal with. Clearly, our ancestors were not designed to fly in planes, for instance. There's obvious stuff like that. But I'm also thinking emotionally. We were designed to worry about ourselves and our tribe, to protect our immediate neighbors, to be part of a pretty small community. And maybe we could go to the top of the mountain and see what was going on 50 miles away to some extent in terms of weather patterns but we certainly didn't know what was going on 1,500 miles away. Maybe we knew about warring tribes that were four tribes away. Stop saying the word tribe, you're probably (laughs) wanting to say. Maybe we knew what was going on in those neighboring communities, but did we automatically know with the press of a button, heartache that was happening 1,000 miles away, 2,000 miles away? No, no. Were our brains really designed to be able to manage the scale of heartache and worry and fear that we're exposed to on a daily basis? I don't think we were really designed for that. Now, I'm not saying that we should tune out what's going on in the rest of the world. I'm not saying that at all. And in fact, we'll get to that because I think staying engaged and bearing witness is really empowering for us and for the others in the world that we're trying to help, of course. But I want to make the point that if we don't set some limits for ourselves, we will be so out of sync with what our bodies are naturally capable of handling. The limits aren't going to be set for us. A couple of generations ago, there was a natural limit. Maybe there were a couple of television news stations. There were some newspapers. There was some talk with your neighbors or at your workplace. But that was it. There wasn't the accessibility of information overload 24 hours a day from many, many, many sources. There wasn't the constant ability to refresh and get new stimulation and new information. It's only so recently that the bombardment is so immersive. And hey, there are so many amazing things about the information that we can glean, If my husband and I disagree about where we've seen that actor before, we can look it up. If I want to know a random lyric from the 1984 hit Jam On It by Nucleus, that's Nucleus as in N-E-W, I can find it. In fact, I'm tempted to do that right now. But the other thing is, there's such an onslaught of bombardment of negative stuff, too negative stuff that really makes us scared and makes us sad and makes us angry. And we know that the way the algorithms work with our tech overlords, that stuff spreads the fastest. It evokes the most response from us, the most sharing. So it makes the most money because it gets the most eyeballs. And in fact, there's data of just how much even in quote unquote mainstream news, headlines have grown more negative over the years. So all of this is to say that we are dealing with so much more of an onslaught that we can't escape from unless we actually set boundaries. The boundaries used to naturally be set for us. Again, whether it be because there was just a newspaper or whether it be because we lived in a cave and we couldn't see any farther than a few miles from us. Now, if you're a particularly compassionate, empathetic person, which I know a lot of my listeners are, I know a lot of my clients are, there's just no limit to the amount of pain that you can see happening in the world. And I have to ask myself again, how do we help set limits? I'm not always good about this myself. I can go down so many rabbit holes of things that are upsetting because I want to make a difference and I'm not sure how and I'm confused and scared and uncertain and I want to read more and it's horrifying stuff. We live in an age where there's video of almost everything. I have such mixed feelings about the latest body cam footage going around the latest atrocity. Because it can really be traumatizing for people to watch. And yes, in some ways, it's important that it's out there. And in other ways, is the damage actually helpful? Is the damage making us stronger? Is it making us more insightful? Is it empowering us? Or is it weakening us? So part of my whole hypothesis here is that the technology is not going to set limits for us. Hey, the runaway train of AI and chat GPT and whatever version we're on at this point has taught us that it's going to push the limits itself. So what will it take for you to set some boundaries for you? How can you give yourself permission to say, you know what? I'm going to stop scrolling. You know what? I'm not going to watch that video. You know what? I am not going to read another article about this. The first step I think is to notice, to observe, how does this stuff make me feel? What stuff really affects my mood? How do I feel before? How do I feel after? What's my motivation for scratching this itch? Is it curiosity and then I feel worse afterwards? Is it curiosity and then afterwards I have more of a plan because I learned about a place where I can donate or a petition I can sign. So think about noticing it. Is this affecting my sleep? Is this making me in a worse mood at work? Is this taking away from what's in front of me and some of the joys of being with my roommates or my family or my friends or my partner or my kids or my pets? What is the price that I am paying with all of this? And is it worth it? Just starting to notice and be realistic and not be all or none about it. Maybe I will spend 15 minutes catching up but I'm going to cut myself off then. Maybe I'm going to use some of the tools that the technology allows us to have. How creepy is that? Thinking about what it allows us to have at this point before these sentient robots have taken over. Thinking about how to actually set some limits on the apps or I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to make the screen black and white so it's not as attractive. I'm going to block certain sites. I'm going to set time limits. We can do this. And if you're not convinced that you deserve to be able to do this for your own well being, because it gets into the whole, oh, is self care selfish type of thing, which we had an episode on, by the way. If you're not convinced that it's worth it or that it's acceptable to do it for your own well being, think about this question of how to put goodness back into the world. What are the differences you can make? And can you make those differences if you're totally burned out? Can you make those differences if you've gotten to the point of hopelessness? Can you make those differences if you feel so overwhelmed by news that you want to crawl into a hole? We talked about that some in our episode with Dr. Marianne Gray, founder of the Hyacinth Fellowship that helps people who have accidentally killed others. Does it do the world good for them to let the shame eat them alive for the rest of their lives and put them in a black hole? Or can they accept what has happened and vow to live the type of life that actually puts some goodness back in there by opening themselves up to living again? That doesn't sound so selfish anymore. So think about if you were to become desensitized to this stuff too. How that's another possibility if you get exposed to too much of it. If we watch the violent videos over and over and over again. If we read the same articles that really put a pit in our stomach at first. And then after a while, we just start hardening to it. Does that help us? Does that help the world? If we become accustomed to a certain threshold of misery and horror and violence. I'm not sure that helps. So that's another argument for really setting some limits and cutting ourselves off. And let's face it, for some folks, this is actually not desensitization, but it's re-traumatization. If you've been traumatized or through a violent event that has some similarities to some of the things that are going on in the news, then your reaction to some of these things is being wounded all over again. And though it doesn't have to break you by any stretch, I'm not sure it's the most empowering thing. It becomes a question of, once again, at what point is self-protection not just your right, but your responsibility to take care of yourself, to keep your own oxygen mask on so that you can eventually assist others. I think it's really important to not tune out the small choice. To look for laughter and beauty and light where you can find it, even in times of darkness. And to think about how sometimes it's the small stuff that becomes the big stuff. That if you're just going to snuggle with your pet, or you're going to enjoy your tea, or you're going to immerse yourself in a good novel, or you're going to laugh at your favorite show, or listen to some music, or talk with a friend about nonsense, that's okay. Okay. That's some beauty and that's some goodness right there. And that stuff can build the foundation for a life, a life that can ultimately be one of service, a life that can ultimately be one where you're informed and engaged and activated and you're deciding how to spend your energy and putting good into the world. This has to do with your values too, which of course we talk about so much on here. If I feel helpless and the world feels out of control... How can I live in accordance with my values anyway? If I can't make a difference in saving the world, how can I live out my values at the grocery store or with my neighbors or with my kids or my pets or my garden? Sometimes that can be enough. This is something that's a real personal struggle. I know, but I've talked about it with so many clients this week. I really felt it was important to address to think about, as we always do, the coexistence of light and darkness, but really to give ourselves permission to let in the light sometimes and to say, you know what, I need to know that the darkness is there, but also my brain and my body and my heart need light to survive. And there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe sometimes it's about getting back to basics, the things that evolutionarily Would have saved us. No, not a particularly sophisticated method of gathering, but sunlight. The beauty of a sunset. Getting your hands dirty with something. Feeling a sense of connectedness and belongingness with people that you trust. Getting adequate sleep. Moving your body. Looking at the stars. Exploring something creative. Seeking out sensory experiences. Allowing yourself to be odd. All of those things are so simple, but also so profound. Getting back to basics and allowing ourselves to disconnect from the things that maybe are just a little too much for our bodies and our minds at times. Because I love that we can always be learning and always be exploring so many things and that we can be aware of issues, good and bad. And form opinions on them and speak out and help people all the way across the world. But I also think when the onslaught feels like too much, we deserve to create an oasis for ourselves. So, on this cusp of spring, or whatever season it is when you're listening, and giving yourself permission to tune out what feels threatening to you, whether it's for an hour, whether it's for a weekend or whether it's a permanent tweak in your lifestyle. You deserve it. I mean that. You deserve to set limits that work for you. And hey, if there should happen to be some good news here and there, whether it's because you seek it out and, for instance, subscribe to things that are going to put happy little doggies into your inbox each morning, or whether there's just some national news that might've made you happy or felt like a nice long drink of water after being particularly thirsty, which may or may not have happened at approximately 5.34 Eastern time on March 30th, 2023, go with it. Take that pause and embrace that too. That's the kind of stuff that feels good to let in. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this has been Baggage Check with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast. Give us your take and opinions on topics and guests. And you know you've got that friend who listens to like 17 podcasts. We'd love it if you told them where to find us. Our original music is by Jordan Cooper, cover art by Daniel Merity, and my studio security, it's Buster the Dog. Until next time, Take good care.